welcome to the High and Low podcast hosted by me, Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo. I just took a gummy to deal with the fact that we are delving into the latest episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And boy, was it a doozy. Esophagate continues. Plus, all the off-camera social media drama that has happened over the last few days since the last episode aired, which includes... 8.5 and responding to a post from the American Society of Anesthesiologists. I believe that's right. I'm in a spiral right now. I never expected to learn as much as I've learned about CRNAs and the ASA and an anesthesiologist versus a nurse anesthetist. It's been a lot, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down. We're going to explain it. And Beverly Hills, this is just what they do. This is classic Beverly Hills. For some reason, this franchise, above all others, just takes an issue and just beats the crap out of it. Like they're living off grid or making a trek to the West in the 1800s and just bringing their laundry down to the riverside and smashing it between two rocks. That's how we treat every issue on Beverly Hills. Except for the stuff we want to hear about. Except for like all their legal situations, except for all their financial debts and things like that. They're never going to talk about that. But adopting a dog? Oh, we're going to hear about that snafu for a solid season. And I just had a moment where I was sitting here thinking, okay, name something better. And I thought of immediately for some reason, the tennis match, the extremely overly competitive tennis match between Jill and Ramona very early seasons of Real Housewives of New York and how riveting that was because they were so serious about it and both of them wanted to win because I started thinking to myself, we don't need to be mean to each other. That doesn't need, the show doesn't need to be based on watching one group of women literally picking someone apart, every issue about themselves, whether it's their physical being, go play tennis and really want to win. I would love that. It might just be because the Beverly Hills alliances bother me so much. Kyle and all of her minions, which that's what it is to me at this point. I mean, we're, we're actively watching her produce the show. She brought Anne-Marie on. She got her very excited about Sutton and Sutton being deceptive about her health and her food intake and getting her spun up on that and saying, well, no one's asking. These are the things no one's asking about. And so obviously 8.5 Anne is like, well, I, I will. Well, they haven't met me yet. In this last episode, ugh, I'm jumping ahead, but... Kyle at one point says something that I got so mad. She said, well, you know, Sutton gets upset about all kinds of silly things all the time. And so, and then they show flashbacks of Sutton getting upset about things that are in no way picking at someone's health, ugly leather pants and things like that. And she says, well, it seems like Sutton has just met her match. Like all sassy. No, that's not how that works. No, 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 no. But you can see her plan and that she's not disgusted by this behavior. She's not condemning what Anne-Marie is doing. She's still like, well, this is, uh, you know, this is what Sutton gets. All right. Noted, producer Kyle. And one of the most frustrating things about being somebody who watches Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is seeing over and over and over again Sutton just refusing to believe that Kyle is anything but her friend and they sometimes hit rocky patches. She's working against you, ma'am. You keep having her over to your house. You keep doing nice things for her. She's not your friend. I feel like we go through this every season and they might have their moments where they're joking around or, or being silly, licking a toe or something. But when push comes to shove, Kyle has come for Sutton so many times. Last year with Diana was terrible. And this year feels icky too. Again, they have a silly moment, like one out of 10 times. 
And the rest, it's just Kyle being extremely annoyed and literally training a new cast member on like how to go after Sutton. We watched the onboarding of Anne Marie. She might make a living from, you know, being a, a nurse and an anesthetist. Damn, this episode's going to be fun, isn't it? She might make a living from being a nurse anesthetist. Nope, it's not going to happen. We're on a gummy. A nurse anesthetist. We did it. We did it. So yeah, she makes her living doing that. But on the show, we're watching her moonlighting as Kyle's minion, just doing all the dirty work while Kyle just sits there and pretends to powder her nose. Now that I'm irritated. The episode starts by showing Sutton outside of her Bel Air home and she's taking flowers, roses. She's smelling them. She's saying, oh, I hate to cut you. You smell so good. And Kyle pulls up. Kyle pulls up and she's got her little like under eye patch things on. You know, they de-puff or whatever for your under eyes. And so she's wearing those as a sign of respect. But the rest of her face has makeup on it and her hair is done. So I don't really know what's going on. Maybe she's got an event later that night. I don't know. Maybe she just didn't want to do her under eye makeup. And she gets out. And do you think she says something nice to Sutton? Like, what beautiful flowers. What would you say if you walked up and your friend was cutting flowers, probably to bring inside and make your visit nicer? You'd say something sweet. Those smell so good. What a nice day. Is that what Kyle says? Nope. Kyle continues her pickup artist negging negative comments to elicit some kind of response. Techniques with Sutton. And she says, oh, are you pretending to garden? Honestly, it's like fill in the blank. What would a mean middle school little boy say? And that's Kyle's dialogue to Sutton usually. If I was programming chat GPT and I had to describe each character and then how each character interacts with the other characters in order for chat GPT to do that for me, I would describe Kyle's relationship to Sutton as a 13 year old mean older brother to a little sister. We're probably two years away from a chat GPT form of Real Housewives. Where they've just like watched, they've programmed a computer to watch every Real Housewives from the beginning of time, every franchise, then come up with a new city and make the ultimate Housewives crew. And I would watch it out of morbid curiosity and then I'd probably get hooked to it. But I'm so glad the gummy is head because now we're going to get to a part of the episode that made me very sad slash mad. I shall call it smad because we should really just have a common term for sad slash mad. Kyle goes to her friend's house. She walks inside and Sutton is doing something, probably just putting her little flowers in her little vase. Kyle opens her refrigerator and looks around in there and then says to the camera, you know, in her confessional, well, looking at how little food she had in there and explains how she's not eating and just sort of doubling down on this allegation of hers that Sutton is not eating enough or that she has a problem. And I just thought that was the worst. I couldn't believe we were starting off the episode that way. I couldn't believe Kyle was doing it, talking about doing it on camera. All of it was felt so terrible. And that's probably what got me so nostalgic for just nicer housewife days where they actually, they entertain us and themselves without just being terrible. And in a DM, someone said to me, it's all so ridiculous because what would Kyle expect to see in Sutton's refrigerator? Sutton doesn't have this huge packed house the way that Kyle does with her, all of her kids coming home all the time or working for the company that her husband started, her husband's friends and clients coming over. Sutton, for the most part, lives by herself. Her ex-husband hadn't moved to London yet. 
So she has a few weeks on, a few weeks off, days on, days off with her child. And while cooking an elaborate meal or chopping up your own salad or whatever you're doing, making soup is so fun to do. If you gave me $300,000 a month in alimony, child support, whatever it is, however it works out for her, I would budget out not cooking. I would probably order for some really nice restaurants in Los Angeles. I might have a chef who makes me meals and puts them in tiny little containers and they're just ready for me. He knows what I like and he makes them and they're in the fridge and I eat them and there's no evidence of it afterwards. So Kyle, what are you looking for here? What would satisfy Kyle? If she opened it, does she want Sutton to just have a rack of ribs in there? A whole chicken, like in a cartoon? A giant cake? Then she'd accuse her of something else. Well, this doesn't seem that healthy. So fair warning, though, if you're going to have Kyle over at your house, you better stage your fridge. And at this point, all we can hope is that all of this is addressed at the reunion. Because nope, only we, only we, the viewers, have the, the viewpoint of seeing what Kyle is doing. To Anne-Marie, she's just having a chat with her friend. And nobody else knows what's all been going on. And that's why reunions were invented. The first reunion came to be because Nini was watching the episodes of Atlanta and was like, oh, hell no, and called Andy and said, I need to address some things with Kim. And they put together a reunion, that amazing reunion. But that's why it came to be, because after they had the advantage of watching everybody's clips and confessionals and everything, then they can come together and say, hold on a minute. What about this? So let's hope that it fulfills its purpose and it doesn't get sidetracked into nonsense and filled with their own PR talking points that they want to get out. So like a good friend, Sutton directly addresses something she was thinking about, which is that Mo was not at the event, the celebration of life for her best friend, Laureen. And Kyle has a very long-winded answer, but somehow she fit in that Mo was on a private plane. That was important for us to know, that he has a friend with a private plane. And Sutton's probably like, so does my horse, big deal. But he did say yes to going to the Homeless Not Toothless Gala. And so they're talking about that, that he's going to go to that with Kyle, but he didn't go to the celebration of life. And we're all yelling, if he wanted to, he would. So then Sutton brings up 8.5 Anne going for her esophagus, even at the celebration of life. And fills Kyle in of like, hey, I know you were dealing with the event, but this was also happening in the background. 8.5 Anne was bringing up my esophagus. And she's so sweet. She's like, you know, I really like her. We've had our, our good moments, but for some reason she can't let this go. And Kyle kind of agrees, but also is just kind of like wishy-washy about it as the puppet master would be. And they show a flashback and they show that 8.5 Anne licked Sutton's armpit. At the Licky Luncheon, where everyone was licking everything that wasn't bolted down. Either I blocked that out or I blocked that out because I don't remember that happening. And look, I'm still trying to heal from watching Vanderpump Rules episode where Schwartz, oh, I'm going to keep thinking about it. He's one of my least favorite people that have ever been on television. He took a lemon from a beverage, from the lip of a beverage, uh, and he rubbed that lemon in his armpits because he thought that he stunk. And he's like, it's a new shirt. It's a new shirt. And it was one of his terrible shirts, the short sleeve shirts with the patterns. And so he took this lemon, this, this lemon from bar fruit. He took bar fruit and he rubbed it in his armpits and then he put it on a plate. And uh, I'm not okay. I'm still not okay from that. It just puts me into a bit of a trance, a dark place. You know, like when they show somebody flipping a shark upside down and it just freezes. That's how I get when I think about that lemon. 
Because he put it back on a plate and somebody could easily pick that up and be like, oh, a lemon and put it in their drink. And I, mm-mm. Why wouldn't you throw the lemon away? Armpits. So 8.5 Anne licked Sutton's armpit, which was new information to me and also something to think about. And it was at that moment that then Kyle jumps in with her, well, Sutton's also, you know, brought up a lot of silly things and I think she's just met her match. Of course, she's not saying that to Sutton. No, she's saying that in her confessional where she's all bold. And poor sweet Sutton is saying to Kyle, well, I'm excited for Barcelona because she invited everybody on a, a Barcelona trip. She says, quote, let's have fun and remember that we love each other. And Sutton is such a gift to us this year. She really is. She's quirky. She's interesting. She's generous. She's fun. You know, you never know what's going to set her off, which is also fun. And at the end of the day, she just wants to have a good time. But she says to Kyle, like, look, at this point, I don't even want to invite this woman 8.5 Anne. If she's just going to be mean to me, I don't want her there. And Kyle immediately snaps. You already did. You already did. You already invited her. Because Kyle needs this mayhem. And Sutton says, well, she owes me an apology. In a different part of Los Angeles, Crystal and Garcelle are FaceTiming. And they're discussing 8.5 Anne at the event for Kyle's friend. And they're discussing how she brought up allegations of an eating disorder about Sutton. She kept talking about the esophagus. She wouldn't let it go. And they're venting about 8.5 Anne, as we all do. And she says, like, what's her deal? What's the end game? Just are we shaming her? What do we want from Sutton with this entire thing? And that's been my question, too. What's the point of this? Do you want her to just take a hoagie and just deep throat it? What are we doing here? And Garcelle's like, yeah, leave her alone. Leave her esophagus alone enough. Crystal says, when I met 8.5 Anne around Christmas, she told me she was a doctor. She said she was an anesthesiologist. What else is she lying about? And Crystal's on one, and I love it. I love it. Somebody's as mad as we are about this 8.5 Anne situation. And Crystal says, hey, I looked it up. It's a thing, what Sutton has. It's genetic. Sutton said it was genetic, and it is genetic. Like, that's enough. Leave this woman alone, right? And she says, quote, Anne says she spent hours researching it and didn't find anything. But in five minutes, I Googled it, and I read all about it. Maybe I'm a doctor. Crystal's activated and Crystal's got jokes. We approve. Then we've got some minutes taken up by PK and Dorit going to the venue and flexing their innate style and vision on the event planners, saying that they don't like the way that they have the table set up. It looks like a commissary. And they make suggestions on how to make it better. A canteen, I believe, is what P said. Hey, wait, it looks like a canteen, isn't it? But if a canteen look, no, Dorit, we're not going like that. She's a woman of style, you see. And a lot of things can be said about Dorit and PK, but they do hype each other up quite a bit. They're the ultimate hype man for the other one, you know? Now, Crystal and her brother go to lunch and they talk about, um, you know, perhaps Crystal feeling like she was too overbearing along with her mother with his girlfriend. And he's going to go and he's going to move to um, Asia for half of the year for just to get control of his life. And during their lunch, Crystal describes to him about Sutton licking Kyle's foot. And they were, <laughs> he was so grossed out because Crystal described it the exact way that I think normal people would describe it, which is like the foot that she walked around with in her shoe all day. I don't think there was a sock. I'm pretty sure she confirmed there was no sock. So she took that foot out and lifted it up and Sutton licked that. <laughs> And he was so disgusted. And it reminded me of the scene in the Wedding Crashers where Vince Vaughn 
he, if you haven't seen the movie, come on now. It came out forever ago. But he's like tied to a bed and somebody stuffed his sock in his mouth. And by the time his friend comes and pulls the sock out, it's been in there overnight. And he just starts going off about the fact that that was the sock that he wore all day. He played a game with the sock on. He ran around with the sock on. And then the sock was put in his mouth. It's a great scene. I highly recommend Wedding Crashers. But Crystal ends the lunch saying, I need to accept my brother for who he is and what he wants and make myself less of a focus of his life, which was a good takeaway. All right. Speaking of goods, let's get to the goods. We're getting to the homeless, not toothless gala at the Beverly Hilton. The first thing we see is Dorit getting some photographs of herself on a balcony. And there's a red bottle behind her on a table and someone thought it was Coke. And I was like, that would be too in your face. Would she, would she dare do a back-to-back Coke commercials? And I zoomed in and it was not Coke. I put a poll up and I got to the bottom of it because the viewers are going to know. Someone's going to recognize it. And they sure did. There were a lot of guesses. But in the end, I've confirmed that I also believe that it is Drumroll, Carolina Herrera perfume bottle. It's shaped like a red tall stiletto high heel shoe and there's a touch of black on the shoe right where there's a touch of black on the object on the table it makes sense that she would spray perfume outside and it's called Carolina Herrera very good girl perfume if you want to spend $90 to smell like Dorit they show Crystal leaving her house her husband Rob is not coming with her because he has another event to go to first and it's an event for the brave little toaster And why do all cartoons want to make me cry and sad forever? I don't know. They show Sutton getting ready for the event, talking to the people doing her hair and makeup. And she's like, I don't know. I don't really get it. I mean, maybe we'll see some homeless people that have really nice teeth. And that's essentially, hopefully, what it is. That if they will not provide housing in our city of Los Angeles and elsewhere, that at least you can get your basic health needs met somehow And then people can feel good about themselves and give money and have events. And maybe we can all have teeth. And I looked into Homeless Not Toothless because I remember the last time they came around, somebody looked into them and said they didn't get amazing reviews for their nonprofit. So I looked at Charity Navigator and they had like a 63 or 68%. You could get four stars total. They had two out of the four and they were orange. And I believe the colors are red for no bueno, orange for so-so, and green for good to go. Now, I searched a local nonprofit that I'm aware of, that I know who runs it, I know who's on the board, everything, and they only got an 86%. So because they didn't have something filled out for whistleblower stuff, and which is laughable if you would know the nonprofit that I'm talking about because it's so tiny, but neither did this homeless, not toothless. So all that to say, who knows what the criteria is to get to 100%, but theirs was a little on the low side, and I guess they didn't have some financial information up that other people had up. So take that for what it's worth. The big focus was on Kyle and Mauricio driving together and the footage made sure to show us how awkward it was, how much silence there was, how uh, weird it felt and how much tension there was. In the car on the way there, he's like, so how was the event? And we're all like, do you mean the celebration of life for her best friend since they were children, that event? And in a confessional, she says, yes, it would have meant something to me if he had actually made the time and showed up, even though he told me he couldn't be there. And they show footage that's so sad. And it's a flashback at the event of Laureen's mom coming up, hugging Kyle. And she says, you know, where's Mauricio? Or is he going to be here? And it's so sad. And you realize that all these people have been close. It's not just 
Kyle and her best friend in a vacuum. I mean, her best friend, one of the last things she said to her was about her relationship with Mauricio. So to me, it's doubly insulting that he wasn't there, not only just for lacking in his support for his wife, but that he was part of something too. And because things are going so well between them in the car, Kyle is telling him like, nope, actually I'm going out of town here. No, I forgot to tell you, I'm, I'm going on a trip there and then I'll be out of town here. And she says in her confessional that he just springs stuff on her all the time, that he doesn't tell her when he's going to go out of town or that he's got a trip. And so she's like, you know, this is a taste of his own medicine. And we've entered the yikes stage, the tit for tat stage, the toot chet stage. So PK and Dorit walk into the venue and they're like, incredible, beautiful. What a great job. Now this is what I'm talking about. And I'm looking at the table. The table looks exactly the same to me. Still a black napkin, still a white tablecloth. I just don't see the mugs on there that were on there. And the flowers are slightly more white, but they still have some pink. Anyway, I didn't see what the difference was, but they're happy with it. And that's all that matters at the end of the day, right? Right. And then we see Erica arriving and promptly getting a hit on by a man. She walks in and she's kind of looking around, scanning the crowd the way we do, looking for our people. Because she says, where's everybody at? And he's like, well, they're all looking for you. <laughs> he's holding a drink. He's like, hey, I'm Justin. And they shake hands. He's like, you look beautiful. And she realizes in talking to him, like, oh, you're my dentist. Yeah, I was just in there for a cleaning and I'll, I've lost my white trays. And she like smiles for him and he's looking at her teeth. He's like, yeah, I'm, you know, Dr. So-and-so. And I made a point of pausing it and confirming, looking at his hand, no ring, no ring, shooting his shot, I think. I don't think he realized that a camera was on them and that she was miked because the camera view we have is kind of from far away. And he tells her probably three times, you look beautiful. You look beautiful. You look really, you look really beautiful. I mean, he even reaches out and he touches her arm at one point. He's like, you look really beautiful. And she's not giving any of that back still. And she's like, oh my God, that's so great. Well, I'm coming in for a cleaning. I'll see you next week. And she leaves. And he's just sort of standing there. And I'm thinking, you know, Erica, dentists make really good money. Just saying. So whatever she's got cooking must be lucrative, more lucrative than a dentist. And their whole exchange reminded me of a TikTok trend where young women, if a man walks up and hits on them on the street, they're like, no, I'm sorry, I don't have any change. And that's all you say back. You're like, no, I'm sorry, I don't have any change. I don't have any spare change. It was giving that. And Kyle and Mauricio are shown on the step and repeat for the event. And Kyle and her confessionals is like, everybody's watching me. Everybody's talking about us. Everybody's speculating about our marriage and everybody's and everybody's. And I'm like, yeah, you're on a show. It's been that way for a long time. So while she's dealing with that, we got a four top across the room, back in the corner, Crystal, Erica, Garcelle, and Sutton having a lovely chat. They're having giggles. They're talking about 8.5. And she and her husband are there. Her husband will only be referred to as minus 15 husband. We don't even need a first name for him. So the four ladies at the high top, Crystal, Erica, Garcelle, and Sutton. Crystal says to Sutton, how's your esophagus? And they all giggle. And they have a laugh and Erica's getting on it too, which is just so fun to watch them all having a good time. And they're laughing because 8.5 Anne has told them on different occasions, she's very proud of being a nurse and she's got her MP and her ME and they're making fun of, you know, what could that stand for, for someone like Anne, who's been raking Sutton over the coals about her medical condition. And they're all hyped up and Sutton is definitely going to say something to her at this event because she was even willing to bring it up at the celebration of life. So Sutton is really fired up. So 8.5 Ann and minus 15 husband walk in, start walking over and 8.5 Ann is doing like a little like giggly dance on her way over. I'm like, you have no idea what you're cha-cha-chawing into right now. And they're playing very dramatic music. Dun, 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 dun. 
And the women are groaning. Garcelle's like, ugh. And Erica's like, oh, God. And Sutton's like, what? Don't be afraid. And I'm like, I like this side of you, Sutton. Anne's dance walking over, utterly delusional, just expectedly aloof, blissfully confident per usual in her maniacal obsession and fixation with Sutton's esophagus and cracking that case for the ladies. She's probably been writing in her diary like how well this is all going. And in response to Sutton saying, what, don't be afraid of her. Crystal says as she's walking up, no one's afraid of her. Now Crystal's activated too. I can't wait for this. 8.5 Anne comes over. She has her husband, minus 15 husband in tow. Here's where I got really annoyed. I don't know if anybody else cared about this, saw this. I haven't seen anybody else talking about it. But Garcelle apparently knows them. She walks over the husband, minus 15 husband, hugs Garcelle. Then he comes over to Sutton. She's like, hello, I'm Sutton Strack. And he goes in for a hug. And she's like, oh, and she had put her hand out. And Sutton could be like this with everyone. Or she could literally be a little bit of a cat, have a little bit of a sixth sense to know to just put that paw out like this isn't a hugging situation. But he says to her, oh, oh, no, I'm a hugger first. And he insists, and he's a very big person. She's a very tiny person. And he leans in and insists, and she does like this little kind of half like pat-pat situation, but she doesn't go all in. And I'm going to file that under things most men would never do. If a woman hesitates to hug you, most men would say, oh, yeah, and they would just shake hands. I don't think that my husband would hug anyone, any woman that he did not know and be like, I'm a hugger. That's weird. And let's not forget that hugging for a woman is just pressing our boobs against people. It's pressing our bodies, the front of our bodies against someone for the most part. So if you think about a guy overstepping a boundary, I think it's a guy who doesn't take handshake for an answer. I didn't like that. I was irritated by that. That made me upset. I feel like it was a teachable moment. Even if I knew nothing else about this man, that was a a red flag to me. And Sutton immediately says, we need to talk to Anne-Marie in such a way that she sends her minus 15 husband to the bar. She says, you can leave. You can go. And he's like, don't tell me you can leave. You can just say you can go to the bar or something. I'm like, welcome to the show. You have no power here. And immediately Sutton says, you picked the wrong person. Damn. That's Sutton's way of saying, I'm not the one. And Anne-Marie is immediately roping wind. She's like, seriously, let me explain something to you first. And Sutton's like, excuse me, ma'am, no ma'am, ma'am, no ma'am, three times, ma'am, no ma'am. And 8.5 is still going off. She's like, Sutton, 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 I'm ex- let me explain something to you. Let me explain something to you. It's like, what do you need to explain? And then 8.5 Anne is blame shifting on a Sutton. Like, if you want to make me yell, I mean, I don't yell if you want to make me yell, which is impossible. No one can make you yell. You can choose to yell or not yell, 8.5 Anne. And I will match your tone. Again, that's a choice you're making, 8.5 Anne. And Sutton says, I wasn't yelling. And 8.5 says, well, now you're lying. And that's when I started yelling. But Sutton is cool as a cucumber the whole time. She's like, oh, oh, am I lying? All right. So what's this, my third lie to you then? And 8.5 confirms verbally says, yes, your third lie. So we've got, it's almost like taking a very complicated order at a restaurant. You want to hear that verbal reiteration of your order. We've gotten that from 8.5 and twice now. Yes, you're lying. And this is your third lie. So Erica asks what we all want to know. What are the first two? And 8.5 and says, number one, you lied that you can drink and have gabapentin at the same time. Now time out. She never said that. She said her doctor said it was fine for her to have a drink in the evening or at a party or whatever. And then she takes her gabapentin before she goes to bed. She never said at the same time, she never said, yeah, you got to line up your gabapentin 
and then you put some shots down and that's your chaser. That was never stated. And Erica's like, okay, the second thing. And she's like, well, the second thing is, is this. So it's her throat condition in general, having a small esophagus, being, you know, having a choking issue, her brother having it, it being genetic, all of that, taking small bites, avoiding certain foods. And Sutton is literally sipping tea, beautiful teacup, little tea. And she says, are you my doctor? Real calm, just sipping her tea. And tea is a, such a good prop for this season of Beverly Hills. I feel like everybody's been sipping tea with the burns, with the reeds. And 8.5 Anne is heated now on her own. She's not calm. Where Sutton is calm, she is not calm. And she says, that doesn't matter whether or not I'm your doctor. I am a board certified nurse anesthetist. And she says it twice. I am a board certified nurse anesthetist. And it reminded me of the SNL skit with Will Ferrell from Forever Girl, where he's like, I drive a Dodge Stratus. And he just keeps yelling it because that's what makes him feel important. And Sutton says calmly, per usual, we're going to talk about something right now. And at this point, I'm enjoying the fact that 8.5 Anne literally just walked in. She walked in cold into this situation. She got hit hard. When she was first walking in with her husband, she's like, I'll probably send you at the bar for a drink. That was a long time ago. She has not had one thing to drink. She is thirsty times two. Meanwhile, they show her minus 15 husband talking to Mauricio. Her husband's got a beer. He's doing fine. He didn't go grab her a drink and bring her one like she mentioned. She said, well, you know, I'll probably send you the bar to get a drink or something. He saved himself. They're like, well, I wouldn't go over there. I don't want to go over there. So Sutton says to 8.5 Ann, quote, I have a board certified doctor that I have seen for years. So I know what I have. She sees a GI, which is a gastroenterologist, digestive system specialist. While this is starting to go on, Kyle arrives. She goes in and she sees that there's this issue. So she walks around and she puts herself, stands shoulder to shoulder with Sutton with a very weird look on her face and just is staring at 8.5 Anne. And I'm like, get out of here. Are you blinking, giving her messages? Like, what is this? Who goes and just stands right next to the person who's in a back and forth just with like a blank stare on their face? It was weird to me. Like, she had to be like Morse code blinking or something. I'm like, what's the point of this? And 8.5 is trying to backtrack. She's like, I never said that you made it up. And that's when Crystal jumps in and she's full volume from the other side of that high top. She says, you said she lied. And they do a flashback to the Celebration of Life event where... Where 8.5 Anne says, Sutton is sweet as apple pie, but I've only known her for like 15 seconds and she's already told me two lies. Lies. And everyone is just full on yelling at this point. 8.5 Anne says, I said what she said didn't make sense medically. But Crystal's not going to let this mouse go. She's not. She's not going to let her rewrite history and wiggle out of it and make it seem like she didn't say what she said. And Crystal goes, no, you said that as well. But you also said that she straight up lied. And Garcelle is nodding. We know we have backup if we need it. And 8.5 Anne will not break. She's like, no, I said if. I said if she's lying about it. I said if. Garcelle jumps in. Garcelle's like, I got it. She says, nope. You said exactly what Crystal just said you said, which is that she was lying. And 8.5 Anne is floundering now, floundering on the docks. And she's like, well, I mean, I said she was lying about the gabapentin. And then, but I said then potentially this, potentially this. Crystal's like, okay, so you're admitting, you're admitting right there that you said she was lying about the gabapentin. So you said she lied. Why can't you just admit it? And then we go to a place that I cannot believe we are at. 
I cannot even imagine why 8.5 Anne would look Crystal in her eye and say, you were the one who said she had an eating disorder. And I've never seen Crystal so completely in it before. This was another level because there's so many layers to this. And she looks incredulous, shocked. And she says, are you out of your mind? And Garcelle's like, oh, no, 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 no. And in her confessional, Garcelle's like, oh, that we were really making a scene. We haven't even gone into this event yet. We're yelling out at this little high top. People are looking at us. I feel so embarrassed. And I'm like, it's kind of perfect because it's for charity. So people are giving their money to help and they might as well get dinner and a show and not just speeches and stuff. I would be thrilled. I think you could probably get more money for the tickets. And I'm sure that they did. People knowing that they were going to be filming an episode, I'm sure everybody had to sign a release, like video release form. Like a lot of these women are having to wrestle into spanks, hobbling around in heels. Give them the goods. Give them a show. So Sutton is undeterred with 8.5 Anne's antics. And she says, I'm going to tell you right now, you bringing this up at Kyle's celebration of life for her friend was inappropriate. And Crystal tags in. She's like, you literally spent two hours on this there. Garcelle and I, we had to leave because it was so annoying. And then the producers tag in and they put four quadrants up on the screen and they've got timestamps, 603, 843, 927, 1051 timestamps when 8.5 Ann kept bringing up the esophagus at that same event celebration of life. They show her talking to two women who are not housewives. They're just women who were at the event. And she's like, just dishing with him. She's like, have you ever heard of anybody having a small esophagus? And Crystal's just over there watching this. And I was like, you're not even keeping this in the circle. You're spreading this to any Susan, Molly, or Melissa that just happened to attend the event and be within earshot. You're taking a general poll of the attendees of the event, of if they've ever been aware of any esophageal issues. So Crystal... And 8.5 Anne going back and forth. And then 8.5 Anne says something. She says, Crystal, I am trained to be a critical thinker. And Crystal says what we were all thinking. Oh my God. And 8.5 Anne is going full in villain mode. And she's like, Crystal, didn't you want to go to medical school? And she has a really high active like, huh? Well, if you'd gone, you'd get that. And Crystal's in it to win it. And she's like, did you want to go to medical school? Because when I first met you, you said you were an anesthesiologist. And now 8.5 Anne has done something that is really cheap, but somewhat effective. She has taken it from being a conversation about her doing something wrong and Crystal having an issue with her particular behavior to switching the target to Crystal having an issue with people of her profession, nurse anesthetists. So it'd be like if a dog keeps pooping in your yard, this one neighbor and this one dog keep pooping in your yard and you keep yelling at them about it. And they're like, why do you hate dogs? And you're like, I don't hate dogs. I hate what you're doing. It's the diff It's not the same. That's, that's her logic here. And Crystal's had it. And Crystal's had it. And so she's like, you're such a bitch. And then there's a moment of silence and everybody drinks that in. And Crystal clarifies in a confessional that when she first met her husband, I believe she was 20 or 21, he was older. I don't want, was it 20 years? He had his career established. And she was like, you know, I thought about going to medical school, but when I met Rob, like he was ready to settle down, have kids and have that family. So I decided not to go. 
she says she decided not to go. He didn't tell her that that wasn't a possibility if they were going to be together. She doesn't say any of that. She's like, I decided not to go. But 8.5 Anne is trying to make it seem like she resents her because she's in the medical field, to which I'm like, are you nuts? Specifically, are you coconuts? Because Crystal has a successful business. She co-founded a company called Real Cocoa with her brother, Jeffrey. It's organic, pure coconut water. And if she wanted to be a doctor, she could be. And again, just to clarify and confirm the order that's been placed, 8.5 Anne says directly, I think Crystal resents me because I'm in the medical profession and she's taking that out on me. And there's a little trend right now that Delulu is a Salulu. So being delusional can be a good thing is the theory and that it will get you where you want to be. I don't think so in, in Anne's case. I think she needs to tamper down the Delulu. But back to the Gala. Sutton says to Anne, you owe me an apology. But Anne would never do that. So she gives the classic housewives non-apology apology, which is, I apologize for being concerned and inquisitive about something that anybody in my fake profession would have been concerned about. And Sutton's done with this topic. Everyone's exhausted. People need to rest. It's been a lot at the high top. And she just is like, "Uh uh-huh, okay. And everybody leaves to go get a drink. So Kyle spins away, flutters away over to Dorit because Dorit wasn't there that whole time because this is her event. So she's been socializing and working the room. And Kyle tells her, oh, there was the biggest fight over there. Like, yeah, Kyle, that's all your work. You want Dorit to give you credit for your work? We all saw it. And Kyle says, I've never seen Crystal like that. I didn't know she had it in her. Like, she's definitely impressed. But then, of course, she's got a shader. So in a confessional cutaway, it says... We all wanted Crystal to find her voice, but screaming bitch at an event. That's like, be quiet, Kyle. We all remember you're such a bitch, Camille. Calm down. That wasn't that long ago. Part of me wants to choose chaos and hope that Camille does come back at some point just for just a while, Kyle up. So people have dispersed. They're, they're trying to move on with their evening. There's a silent auction. They're showing items from the silent auction. I noticed they held up a guitar and said, oh, a guitar signed by Taylor Swift starting at $800. I was like, "Mm, is there a photo with it showing that she signed it? Or is PK back there with a marker? You know, $800 seems low. Erica takes a picture with an older lady who had pink hair and a pink outfit because Erica was in a pink outfit. Garcelle's in the photo too, and it was very cute, but it also could be part of her. See, I can be friendly. Forget about the orphans and widows tour. We see Paula Abdul. We see that Crystal's husband, Rob, has shown up. And then we get a hit job on Mo. Producers make sure to show us footage of him finding his seat next to Sutton. And as soon as he sits down, he says, "Uh, how are you doing? She's like, I'm good. How are you? And he's like, I'm good. Uh, I hear you have an esophagus problem. (laughs) And he giggles. And she's like, really? And she's throwing shade in her confessional. She's like, you can come to this homeless, not toothless fundraising event but you can't come to the celebration of life event for your wife's best friend. That's messed up. Wow. And then uh, it turned into a bit of a comedy when they announced Dorit as a fashion designer and cheering up on stage. And that sent me into a weird space of thinking like fashion designer, fashion designer. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that was a long time ago. I think she had a fashion line or something right before she was on the show. And then she had Beverly Beach. We haven't really heard about that in a long time. I don't even, can you even still buy Beverly Beach bathing suits? I had to stop what I was doing. The ADHD compelled. 
And I went and I looked and I cannot find that you can buy Beverly Beach anymore anywhere. That was my cursory five minute search. I pulled up Beverly Beach by Dorit.com, which used to be the website and you get a 404. Something went wrong. Caution symbol. What happened? This store is unavailable. And I clicked on that link from a bravotv.com article that was written in 2018 when they were kind of helping to promote her launch. Because let's not forget, Papa Bravo gets a cut. And bikinis, such a good markup. It's the dessert of the fashion world. And I say that because anytime you go to a restaurant, the items of food that they have the highest markup on that cost the least to make, but that they can charge the most for are desserts. Just like I think bathing suits are pure profit for fashion houses. There's a TikTok up right now where this uh, woman is teaching people to sew and she's showing you a little bikini in the background saying, I cannot believe somebody's charging $80 for this bikini bottom. Let me show you how to make it in 10 minutes with half a yard of fabric. And it's one of those bikini bottoms where you're like, whose coochie is that for? It's an inch wide. If you're making your own bikini, though, at least you can adjust where things need to be adjusted. But I could see that devolving into tears and a rage for me. Maybe I'll try it. No, I probably won't. But for a lot of these people who are making these bikinis, I really think the selling point would be like, show her doing something. Show her actively doing something and no coochie falling out. Give it a score of like, you can do a deep lunge or you have to just shuffle with your feet only spread apart maybe four inches at a time. Like, where are we on the scale? But I digress. Farewell. We play taps. We say goodbye to Beverly Beach. It was uh, very catty and shady when she would name the different bikinis for members of the cast and then leave some people out. And then she did the thing where she like did a partnership with a wedding dress brand. Anyway, see, they took me down that road. So I was like, Dorit, this is very distracting for your event. But OK, make a book de Beppo. I guess she well, it wasn't really fashion. It was more of interior design there. So finally, we get to the big entertainment of the evening, and it's Taylor Dane, which if you are, have been alive long enough, you remember Taylor Dane. She had Tell It To My Heart, Love Will Lead You Back, very like roller rink, 80s, 90s kind of songs. She looks great. She's up on stage wearing pink, Year of Barbie, and she's singing. Of course, Erica is just singing from her seat. And I think it was Love Will Lead You Back because they cut to Sutton and Kyle. Such a weird relationship. It's like, it's so incredibly toxic. It's like Kyle's always trying to put a hit out on her, but then they have fun together. It's weird. And they're slow dancing with their hands on each other's shoulders, just kind of like giggling, having a good time. And I'm like, but you still can't trust it. She's going she's gonna to send somebody for you. And of course, they cut to 8.5 Anne, and she's like, I don't know who Taylor Dane is. And we're all like, you can go. At the end of the event, they show all the ladies uh, sitting at the table, kind of like saying their goodbyes. And Sutton is just overcome by the niceness of the evening. And she's leaned forward with her tiny little arms just outstretched to the group, gesturing to everyone around the circular table. And she says, y'all, we've got to stop this. And Garcelle says, what do we do? And Sutton directs her attention to 8.5 Anne and she says, I like you. We had a good time. I just don't like that you went behind my back telling everybody stuff. And 8.5 is not overwhelmed because she was not touched in the soul by the magic of Taylor Dane, nostalgia, and memories. So her response is, Sutton, I've already explained that. And she eye rolls. And I'm not going to let you continue that narrative. 
And Kyle jumps in because she's the producer and she started this and she knows it. And she says, we need to bring only positive energy to Spain while giggling because she loves chaos. She's an agent of chaos. Then we fast forward out of the event. We're in Kyle's house. We're looking at recent purchases because as we know, she loves to buy things and she's opening boxes of shoes. And she says, these aren't mine. <laughs> these are Morgan's. And she's all irritated. And I'm like, why did they show us this? We get it. So Kyle calls Sutton and Sutton says something that kind of stopped me in my tracks. She said, hi, I'm at the most expensive grocery store in the world. And I was like, oh, which one? The Arab one? The one that they make fun of? And there's so many TikTok accounts where they just say, guess how much this is? And you look at like a cut apple in a plastic container and they flip it over and you have to guess how much it's going to be. And it's something outrageous, like $12. And Kyle goes, which one? Erewhon? Bristol Farms? And I had a memory of living in Los Angeles and I would never go into the Bristol Farms because I knew I would like it too much and I couldn't afford anything in there. And Sutton says, no, Jade's, J-A-Y-D-E apostrophe S, a place I've never heard of. Now, there are people that when they travel, they like to collect magnets or stamps or something. I'm what's known as a grocery store hoe. When I go into a different area, could be country, could be city, I like to meander in the grocery stores. I like to know what they got going on. I like to peep the provisions. So I immediately was like, what is this Jade's you speak of? Thankfully, it's 2024 and they have a website and it's called jadesmarket.com. And I ran to it. Jade's is described as your independent local market, deli, cafe and wine shop in Los Angeles. Local organic goods, farm fresh market, honest food delicious. They have grab-and-go meals. They say it's a quaint yet exceptional experience. It says it's by the Beverly Glen Center that it's family-owned just off Mulholland Drive. It reminds me like a California version of Dean and DeLuca. I would like to go there. But I'm going to read you some of the items and some of the prices because she said it was the world's most expensive grocery store. I'm looking at the drink section. A kombucha, a Synergy kombucha drink is $6, $5.99. I think where I go... It's like a $3, $4 drink. So that's not too much of a difference. Now, the deli is another story. It's kind of pricey for sure. An order of French fries is $8. Seems a bit high. Prosciutto and burrata baguette, $15. A Beyond Meat burger is $16. A green and glowing smoothie is $14. I'm outraged, but that's not as crazy as the Erewhon ones. Okay, now I've had enough. Now I'm done with this website. Jade's chocolate chip cookies. Literally, I'm talking about a four pack of chocolate chip cookies, probably big. Let's just say that they're like four inches, you know, across. $14, $13.99 for four chocolate chip cookies. So that's where Sutton was when Kyle called her. I'd be like, I'm sorry, I cannot talk to you right now. This grocery store is so expensive. I can't mindlessly shop while you talk to me about a horrible woman that you brought onto this show and you should have known better. But she does. And Kyle says, I haven't spoken to Anne. And Sutton says, well, no, this is your mission, Kyle, when she's a double agent. And Sutton says, you need to tell her not to talk at us. And Kyle's like, OK, I'll call her now and I'll make sure she's still coming. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. As if 8.5 Anne would miss this trip like she has anything else going on. She's not going to skip Spain for what principles? What principles? And if we don't make Kyle watch this footage back at the reunion... We all have to tweet at Andy because he only pays attention to Twitter for some reason. That's his seems to be his platform of choice. And he's always like, hey, everybody, reunion's coming up. 
send me your questions. And it's like, will you please make Kyle watch her confessionals and have her answer for them? Because Kyle then says in a confessional, the fact that I, at this point in my life, am having to mediate a fight about an esophagus is upsetting. Kyle, you did this. You put this in motion. You don't get to think that this is embarrassing or beneath you now. But to her credit, she says, I do feel a sense of responsibility because I brought Anne into this group and I need to fix things. So she calls her and Anne is still heated. She's like, no, I have no intention of talking to Crystal. I haven't talked to Crystal. And Kyle's like, but how are we going to go to Spain? And Anne's like, Crystal owes me an apology. She mocked my profession. Just envisioning herself on a mountaintop standing for nurse anesthetists everywhere. And this is why I'm so glad that I don't have the time or skills to record a pod right after I watch an episode and put it out right then. Because something always happens within the next like 24 to 38 hours. And this time it was the American Society of Anesthesiologists making a social media post. A little comparison, two lists on the left, anesthesiologist. On the other column, nurse anesthetist. The description of the post says, the real housewives know a fake. Anesthesiologists are medical doctors with more than 12 years of higher education and up to 16,000 hours of clinical training. Title misappropriation has no place in healthcare. <laughs> what? And this is the official account. So whoever does the social media or somebody over there in the decision tree for the American Society of Anesthesiologists is saying like, oh, no, no, we have to put out a post about this. But if you think that's where the story ends, you don't know Anne. Within 24 hours, Anne put out her own statement. Quote, I do not condone the ASA's defamation campaign. Let's let that sit with us for a second. That's the first sentence. She's saying that they have a defamation campaign against her. A whole campaign. By definition, a communications campaign is more than just one post. Secondly, no. Even when she's the victim, the ego factor is still so high. But let's continue. That was her very first sentence out the gate. Then she says, I am a CRNA, a certified registered nurse anesthetist. Dang, this got me. I am extremely proud of my profession. I will not be accused of title misappropriation because a castmate needed a storyline on a reality TV show. Now her storyline is somebody else needing a storyline. And oh, it's just reality TV show. This is my real life and my career. Well, 8.5 and you should have thought of that before you wagered your entire career as your storyline for the show. Then she says, I am not an anesthesiologist, nor have I ever claimed to be one. I have immense respect for physician anesthesiologists, and I ask that the ASA and other anesthesiologists show respect to CRNAs as well. So once again, making this about her profession and trying to get everybody who's a CRNA behind her hyped up when that's not at all what this was about. But she's not done. She says, this type of unhealthy discourse only causes friction and professional division. Political issues exist between physician anesthesiologists and CRNAs, which explains their current attack on me and the CRNA profession. So it's a political 
defamation campaign in her eyes. Then she says, our goal as anesthesia providers should always be working together in order to best serve our patients, not competing with one another. (laughs) She's so wise. Her last sentence is, my aim is to educate the pubic on who CRNAs are and what we do in providing the highest quality of anesthesia care to those we serve. And to that, I would say Anne has done a terrible job of educating the pubic on CRNAs and what they do and what they're about. And you heard me correctly. She did say, educate the pubic. Isn't that just a shame? Because you know, she went over it a million times, sent it around to people, got a little grandstandy about it, a little self-righteous, and then you don't run it through spell check. Just drop it in word first. Doesn't hurt. Just takes a second. Couldn't happen to a nicer gal. Anyway, then she follows it up with another little statement. The esophagus storyline was not funny. Watching the show back now, I hate that storyline just as much as everyone else. I would be mad at me too. It was a line of questioning I should never have started, Dash. And for that, I sincerely apologize. That storyline was unauthentically dragged on for far too long. And I have been dragged through the mud in the process. I just want to highlight the real, in quotes, in reality TV, prayer hands, heart emoji. So, couple thoughts here. And I've got a ton of messages from followers. People like, hey, I'm weighing in. I'm a nurse. Or, hey, I'm weighing in. I'm a doctor. Here's my specialty. You know, across the board, people are like, nurse anesthetists do a ton. And, and I get that. Don't let her make you have beef because she cannot accept responsibility. It was never about that. It was about her leaning on and using as an excuse her education and skill set as a nurse to do damage, to gaslight Sutton, which to me is an issue with American medicine across the board, especially as a woman, I think, where they try to gaslight you into that's not really happening. You're not really feeling that. So that I think is a big issue that deserves to have a spotlight on it. And speaking of women being gaslit, there's a really good show right now on Netflix. It's called American Nightmare. It's only three parts. I watched it this weekend. There's definitely trigger warnings for this essay. It recounts a true life story of a young couple in California that something horrible happened to them and they were not believed. And what happened as a result? Very good. Again, three parts only. Each part isn't even like a full hour. I watched it all in one sitting. Just I couldn't stop. I was like, oh, well, I got to watch the next one now. I highly recommend it again. It's called American Nightmare and it's on Netflix right now. And the the DMs that I'm getting from nurses are like, we don't claim her. But then some are like, hey, that post in the ASA was inaccurate. And, you know, why are you liking the post? Because that's a dig at CRNAs. And I'm like, oh, I didn't see it that way at all. I saw it as like a cheeky post grabbing onto the bumper of a topical thing that's going on and making a clear distinction between the difference between an anesthesiologist and a nurse anesthetist, which is just helpful for people who are watching the show. And a lot of people are like, well, that's not even correct. And nurse anesthetists, especially CRNAs, go through additional years of training. And I'm like, look, medical professionals are amazing. 8.5 Anne is an anomaly. She couldn't take the heat for her terrible behavior So instead, in her little apology, non-apology, she starts saying like, and there's been a rift between doctors and nurses for far too long. And that might be, 
I don't know. I don't work in the medical field. I hate to hear that because nurses are amazing. They do so much. 8.5 and to me does not represent nurses. I've gotten a ton of DMs too from people who are like, hey, I do what she does for a living. Like she's not our spokesperson. We don't need her as our mouthpiece out here allegedly championing our cause saying that people are after her with a smear campaign like it's a witch hunt. She's on her own tangent over here in the corner yelling and changed the discussion from a medical professional going on a show, gaslighting someone about their health, raising it in public multiple times, accusing someone of lying, bringing up alleged eating disorders. That's not okay. Saying she read through every book she could find and found nothing about a small esophagus or genetic issues when Crystal found it in five minutes, all of us found it in five minutes. That's medical gaslighting, plain and simple. And it's something that is horrifying and it happens to a lot of people every day. And it's a bad look for everyone who works in the medical field. It doesn't matter what she said her title was. If she had come on the show as anything in the medical field and done what she has done, everybody would have still thrown a flag. So her title is secondary. The primary issue is what she has done and how she has behaved. And so I refuse to let her flip that and switch it and make it somehow Crystal hates nurses. Somehow the world is against nurses. No, no, ma'am. Own your stuff. But this is what people do when they cannot be held accountable. They will not be held accountable. Instead, they try to switch it and they try to get you convinced that it's a witch hunt and everything, everybody's against them and nothing is fair and it's a smear campaign. No. If a nurse is being disrespected for the work that she does, that's crap. We don't co-sign that at all, but we're not going to give Anne a shield. We're not going to let that deflect from what she needs to own up to on this show, which has nothing to do with any issues that may exist in the medical profession between CRNAs or nurse anesthetists and anesthesiologists. She put that out front, and I know what I'm talking about because X, whatever that X might be, you don't get to go after someone in these horrifying ways that we've seen all season. And if the ASA's post was inappropriate or incorrect, then I'm so glad that we have so many people who watch Bravo who know better and DM'd me and I'm sure many other people with updated information of like, hey, that's that's a little bit limited. That's not always what it is. Here's more information. Thank you. And that's the beauty of being a Bravo watcher. We never know what we're going to learn about. I didn't know that I was going to walk out of this season knowing more about the differences and specific education and training of a CRNA, which I don't even know that I knew what a CRNA was before this season, but I know now certified registered nurse anesthetist. And I know that they can also go by a nurse anesthesiologist. I know a lot of stuff now. Look at all of us. We all do. The ASA's post, if it wasn't posted with the best of intentions, if it was in any way shady, it backfires. Just like any mean girl behavior on housewives always backfires. All you do is you put the, the other person in the spotlight. So we've learned more about CRNAs now. One follower who is a, who is a nurse, a CRNA, sent me a note and said, hey, the rivalry has been there for decades. But their perspective, a CRNA's perspective is that the ASA jumped on the chance to publicly discredit uh, CRNAs even further. And most CRNAs are highly skilled and educated, not to mention independent anesthesia providers, sometimes without anesthesiologists even on the payroll. 
And this person says they work at a hospital where only CRNAs are on the payroll, not anesthesiologists. So it's difficult to watch it play out. And I think Anne knew exactly what she was doing with her long-winded apology, not apology. She's plugging herself into something that she knows is a hot button item. And Anne could absolutely feel like, oh, how dare, how dare the ASA take this shot at me? The bigger issue is, why'd you give them so much to work with, Anne? Why'd you go on a show touting your qualifications as a reason why Sutton should disbelieve her own body? Again, what's the end game? Are we going to take Sutton on a trip to Coney Island and get her a foot-long corn dog and just stare at her and force her to eat the whole thing in one gulp? What are we hoping to do here? But this lovely follower also said, hey, it's CRNA week, so it's supposed to be a week to celebrate. It's kicking off with this kind of drama, but CRNAs can have more qualifications than what was shown on that ASA side by side. Education for them can have a doctorate in nursing practice, seven years of formal education, real world critical care training fellowship. It says it takes anywhere from seven to 10 years to become a CRNA. So I understand the issue with the ASA's post because theirs said anywhere from five to seven years. So it didn't go into detail the way it could have and probably should have. And I'm sure they're hearing about it. So if you're a CRNA, thank you for what you do. Happy CRNA week. And please know that no one thinks that 8.5 AM is a representation of the field as a whole. I cannot imagine the stress, the workload, all of it. And then to have this person on Real Housewives be doing what you do for a living and you're like, oh, no, I don't claim her. But also, let's get clear on <laughs> what credentialing actually is, because it's more than what was put out by the ASA. Like, it's got to be stressful. Shame on her, not only for what she did to Sutton throughout the entire season. She can try to downplay that. She can try to say it was unauthentically dragged along. Man, we watched you authentically bring it up several times. Stop it. And then shame on her for trying to hide behind, oh, this is a smear campaign, a defamation campaign, however she put it, from the ASA against me. And it's a it's a terrible thing and ASA versus CRNAs. Ma'am, just own your stuff. Thank you that this educated the general public about how great CRNAs are, except for you. But just own your stuff. That's it. And that's what makes it even worse to me that Anne has acted the way she's acted, that you're supposed to be this very trusted, educated medical professional, and you're telling us you couldn't find anything about Sutton's condition after reading all the books that you read. You're giggling over cut fruit twice, once in your own backyard, laughing with Kyle of, I've never heard of that, and that doesn't make any sense. And then you go over to Kyle's house, more cut fruit, more gaslighting. You do it at Sutton's own store opening. You do it at Kyle's friend's celebration of life is nothing sacred. But you know, look what Anne did. She had us talking about this for a long time. I've read more about nurse anesthetists, CRNAs, which now I know are advanced practice registered nurses, APRNs. Like I, I, I could, who knew that I was going to learn about this this week? But I mean, this, the job description alone, they monitor patients who are receiving and recovering from anesthesia. They have to uh, have acquired a minimum of a doctorate degree focusing on anesthesia extensive clinical training, a certification exam approved by the National Boards of Certification and Recertification of Nurse Anesthetists. This is a serious, very skilled profession, which again makes it worse that she has done this with her degree. She would qualify her opinion with the fact that she was a CRNA. In 2023, it was ranked number 10 in best healthcare jobs in the United States. 
that says that they are also named the highest paid nurses of 2023 with the average salary. So average across the United States being like 203,000. So imagine doing all of that hard work. And then you're like, I'm going to go on Real Housewives and I'm going to bring up my, my qualifications and I'm going to use it to gaslight someone and question their esophageal condition that they've learned to live with because Kyle told me to. What? This is an Anne issue. And then now, of course, she's going to say what she's seeing everybody else say, which is that it's, it's not a funny storyline. It's not okay. You're giggling with Kyle about it the whole season. So what else is she going to say? Oh, it's not funny. You're right. I wouldn't like it too. I apologize. Which, hey, we'll take it. So the last episode we saw, she apologized to Sutton. It wasn't a great one, but it happened. And now we've got one in writing. So first she's jumping the gun on the reunion. So I can't imagine that Bravo is looking kindly upon her doing all of this, posting all of this four days before their reunion, because I think they film it the end of this week. Then she's hit, she's hitting Bravo twice. So there's no way she's coming back. She probably already knows that. So she's saying, one, I'm cheating the reunion of stuff I could be saying there. And two, it was unauthentically dragged on for far too long. What do you mean unauthentically? You're saying the footage isn't the footage that we're seeing? You didn't bring it up at four separate events and gatherings? What was unauthentic about it exactly? I'd love to hear about that at the reunion. And now she's a victim of this. And she's saying, and I've been dragged along through the mud in the process. Okay. And you know that pubic typo was killing her. Anyway, she continues to be terrible. Even in her apology, she continues to be terrible. She can't just say, I'm sorry. She's got to blame shift. She's got to make up excuses. She's got to try to get people upset. She's got to do the prayer hands that she just wants unity. Save it, toots. We'll see you on the flip side. We're not new. This is your first rodeo. This is not our first rodeo. Here's my favorite DM that I got about 8.5 Anne with this entire spiel and all her apology, not apologies. One of my longtime followers wrote me and said, she's done, exclamation point. Not redemptive character. Sorry, not sorry. She could save us all from climate change and I would not care for her. <laughs> I was like, when you would not even like somebody if they saved us from climate change, you know she can't come back. What a senseless distraction. It really is. Because now we got to get back to the episode. We weren't even done with the previews slash they got confused and called it a to be continued. The footage. Back in we go. But despite being so hardcore, seemingly, about not wanting to talk to Crystal and feeling like Sutton owes her apology, Crystal owes her an apology, blah, blah, blah. After being talked to by Kyle, 8.5 Anne somehow finds the strength, calls Sutton and says, Sutton. And Sutton's like, yeah. And she's got a little shades on. She's like, yeah, I'm eating. I, actually, I do eat and I'm eating right now. What can I do for you? Which is just so great. She's like, son, hey, girl. I just, you know, I just calling to apologize. I just want to apologize, quote, for my part. And son's like, your part? Your part is the only part. There's no part but your part. And 8.5 Anne is like, well, I'm sorry. Because, you know, I definitely like pried into something that you didn't want to talk about. And Sutton's not let her off the hook, per usual. She's like, nope, I will talk about my esophagus all day. The problem was that you went behind my back insinuating things. And Anne's like, I'm sorry. And Sutton's like, well, you're not off the hook. But I look forward to working this out with you on our vacation. 
And Anne's like, I licked your armpit. And in her confessional, 8.5 Anne says, yeah, I'm embarrassed by my behavior and I want to keep the peace now. And I'm like, okay, well, that's an apology. You should have said that. Now, the rest of the episode, they did something weird. Instead of just saying, okay, preview is coming next week and then showing us a sneak peeks of, you know, the Barcelona trip that's coming next week. What they instead did was they kept the episode going. And I was like checking my watch. Like, I feel like this is going longer than usual because they kept the episode going and they showed us the villa in Barcelona. They show them arriving. And I wrote down, are these previews that we're watching right now? They're at a dinner and they just cut to it. And they show Anne saying, the first thing Crystal said about this group to me was that you ladies were not intelligent and that you're very shallow. And this is all being cut pretty fast. And you're like, this is the way they film preview footage. And they cut to Garcelle saying, so did you say that? And Crystal's like, it's offensive that you ask me that. And she's very calm. And then they cut to another portion of this disagreement where Anne says, Crystal, bring it down a notch. And Crystal says, don't tell me to bring it down. And Anne is sitting there with this gaudy necklace on. It's like a bow. I want to say it's about two inches wide, an inch and a half high. And it's shaped the same as the bow that you'd see on the top of a cake. Like the bow that the lady ate that was on Heather Dubrow's cake. Like that, but it's a necklace and it's pink, like Swarovski crystals. You'd buy it for an eight-year-old. And she's wearing that, and it's so bad that reminds me of the movie Spy when she's got the cupcake necklace that looks all crazy. And she's sitting here with this just terrible mean girl middle school attitude with a mean girl middle school necklace. And she's like, know what else I want from you? I want to thank you for giving you something to talk about and making your ass relevant. And she's got a smug face and she's got her arm cocked up with the wrist limp like a T-Rex arm, like just level 10 middle school sass. And then they drop a to be continued and I'm like, that's a misused to be continued. So Anne has obviously shifted her crosshairs from Sutton now to Crystal. Now, the day after the show aired, Kyle came out and put out a story where she's responding to people talking about, specifically Sutton and Garcelle talking about that Mauricio did not come to the celebration of life and that she had been disappointed by that. And she says, I want to clarify this. I did many times, but then I guess I need to again. Oh, poor Kyle, lamenting. Mo offered to cancel his trip multiple times, even though there were many people involved in this trip. I told him he did not need to do that. The date of the event was changed last minute. None of the other men were attending. I had a lot of support around me that night. It's not a fair, it's not fair to put that on him. That was a Freudian slip on my part. So Kyle trying to lessen the heat on Mauricio for not coming to an event that seemed like a very big deal to his wife, but can't have it both ways, Kyle. Everybody's going to be disappointed in Mauricio and he's going to be fine. So after seeing that misused to be continued footage slash preview, whatever it was, we realized that we're not going to be free of the grip of the esophagus for a very long time, that we're going to have to now hear about 8.5 Anne versus Crystal. And she's made it about Crystal hating people in her profession. I don't know how you disprove that, but Crystal's got a fun, fun trip ahead of her. And I am again going to have to take a gummy. They're filming the reunion, I believe, next week, this week, within the week. 
And so I hope all of this is going to be talked about at the reunion. Like Andy's got so much to work with. Will he talk about the allegations against 8.5's minus 15 husband? I don't know. We'll see. Will he, as Erica suggested on a recent Watch What Happens Live, truly hold Kyle's feet to the fire and grill her as hard as other housewives, including Erica, have been grilled? If he doesn't, we will know for sure that Kyle is a producer because she gets off pretty clean every season no matter how much she stirs behind the scenes. Will he ask about Erica's future with the Marco Marco lawsuit? Probably not. Separate podcast I have on that coming soon. And 8.5 Ann really rubbed people the wrong way this week because Dr. Nicole from Miami, who's pregnant and adorable, was on Watch What Happens Live with Erica. And they asked her about this whole debacle because when Sutton was first being grilled about her esophageal condition, Dr. Nicole came out and said, no, this can be a real thing. And anybody in the medical field shouldn't be getting into somebody's health conditions. And so, of course, Ann lashed out at Dr. Nicole and went on somebody's podcast. I don't remember who, I'm sorry. And she said, I'm not, I have a lot of things to do. And she said, well, it seems like Dr. Nicole is just clout chasing. To which Dr. Nicole replied on Watch What Happens Live, you would have to have clout to be chased. And that doesn't apply here. So Andy has a lot to work with. Anne's nonsense pushed us over an hour, but we made it. We're done. Next podcast will be about Salt Lake City Reunion Part 3, the last part, plus other random things. And by the way, came out today that Monica's countersuit against Beauty Lab for allegedly botching her injections has been dismissed. But Beauty Lab's lawsuit to recoup their $2,000 is still active. Never a dull day in the Bravo sphere. Subscribe, like the pod, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Next pod drops on Thursday, Mondays and Thursdays. Until then, don't be like Kyle. Don't send a woman who's satisfied with a rating of 8.5 out of 10 to be a new cast member, let alone to do your dirty work. (laughs) 